goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly. And it is Wednesday. Welcome to your Wednesday Rush Hour. I am indeed Bo Snurdly. With you here on WABC Talk Radio 77. If you would like to join us today, it is not our usual number. It is our backup number. I'm going to give it to you. You might want to write it down. You might want to keep this one handy because if we're not on the other line, we're on this one. It's 844-969-4447. Again, 844 Four, seven. James, got to interrupt that, real quick. I'm an idiot. Sure. It's one eight three three nine six nine four 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 seven. That's my oh one eight three three. Yes, I'm just reading numbers. So let's do it again. Eight three three nine six nine four 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 seven. Eight three three eight three three nine six nine four 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 seven. Eight three three nine six nine four 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 seven is how to reach us today. This is a very serious day. Yesterday. I debated and I decided not to. Yesterday was August 1st. It is and would have been the 30th, 35th anniversary of Rush Limbaugh's syndication beginning, the syndicated program that he would deliver for 33 years before he passed away. And I put a little post on Twitter after the show how much I deeply miss Rush, and that's an understatement, and many of us do, because we listen to him every day for three years, mostly every day. And one of the things that Rush said, and this one I used to listen to and I used to say, Rush, come on, Rush. I mean, really? Rush used to say all the time that the Democrats would find a way to negate, to make elections not matter in the United States. And I didn't know what he meant by that. And I think if any of you were seriously watching what is transpiring in this country right now, and then you go back to what Rush Limbaugh said about Democrats and their elections, that they wanted to take it to the point that elections would not matter, that they could kill off the idea of American elections. And you look at what's transpiring today from your Department of Justice, now you can see what Rush was talking about. There is a piece that I think articulates it, although not crediting Rush for this, or, or, or citing him for it, I should say, there is a case that is being made in the Federalist today that talks about exactly what this indictment is. It is the author of it is John Daniel Davidson, and the headline is, Trump indictment is a declaration of war against American voters. Now, that is not a a, a headline that's filled with hyperbole. 
we hear these kind of things, and for those of us in the political quote-unquote business, those of us that follow the news every day, that especially follow politics, and we have been doing it for decades, you know, you hear a lot of statements and you say a lot of things that are just meant to be sort of salacious, hype statements. They, they, They sensationalize what it is you're talking about. But when you look at the real substance of them, sometimes the substance of what is being discussed doesn't match up with the the sort of uh, uh, sensationalism that presenters, whether they be news presenters or commentary uh, or, or or commentators, what what they are trying to articulate. This is not hyperbole. So. Take this headline very, very seriously. Trump indictment is a declaration of war against American voters. On Tuesday, writes Mr. Davidson, President Joe Biden's Justice Department took the unprecedented step of indicting former President Donald Trump, Biden's chief rival, in the upcoming 2024 election for repeatedly expressing his opinion that the last election was stolen, rigged, and unfair. Now, that is a key sentence. This was Donald Trump's opinion. Now, many people, many people have characterized it as the big lie. This is his opinion. Whether you agree with his opinion or not, which you have every right to agree or disagree, you can listen to it and say, oh, there he is. He's FOS. But this is his opinion. And this is an important thing that Mr. Davidson is pointing out in this opening. It is unprecedented to indict someone for expressing their opinion. It is an opinion millions of Americans share and to which they are unquestionably entitled thanks to the First Amendment. Let me stop there for a quick insert. The First Amendment of the Constitution of the United States of America declares openly that Congress, meaning all of the legislative agencies and, by extension, the government, can make no law to take your First Amendment rights away. And what were those First Amendment rights put in to protect? Two things in this country. Two. Dos. The first is political speech. Political speech is protected. You, unlike residents who live in other countries as Americans, have a constitutional right to express your opinion about the government of your nation, about the people who govern your nation, and about the political conditions in your nation. That is guaranteed by your constitution. The other thing 
is your religious speech or your spiritual life. You are free to speak about it in the United States. The two things that people say you should most avoid if you want to keep your friends, don't discuss politics and don't discuss religion. Those two things are guaranteed to you as a right that you may speak about them without the government coming after you. The idea, Mr. Davidson continues, that our Justice Department can indict someone, especially the sitting president's main political rival, over speech that's protected by the First Amendment is simply insane. It puts us firmly into banana republic territory where tin pot dictators jail their political opponents ahead of election day to ensure their re-election. And that is what we are seeing in the United States of America today. Simply put, this indictment is nothing more than a declaration of war against American voters and their constitutional right to free speech. And then Mr. Davidson turns to Jonathan Turley, the esteemed lawyer, who noted on Twitter, if you take a red pen to all of the material presumptively protected by the First Amendment, you can reduce reduce much of the indictment to haiku. Consider what's alleged and what isn't by DOJ Special Counsel Jack Smith, who, let's not forget, was once rebuked by a unanimous Supreme Court after he tried to put a GOP governor in prison during the Obama administration. The charges against Donald Trump do not include incitement to violence on January 6th. You might be surprised to hear that after Smith's hyperbolic press conference in which he went on and on about the January 6th Capitol riot and how horrible it was. Instead, the charges are that Trump committed conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding. Obstruction of an attempt to obstruct an official proceeding and conspiracy against rights. Sounds scary. But what it amounts to is the criminalization of opinions with which Jack Smith and the Biden Justice Department happen to disagree. And that is incredibly important, my friends. There are many of us. Many people in the media refuse to mention certain words, lest they be dragged into court. Okay? Because the forces that are present now on the political battlefield will stop at nothing to silence 
those of you who believe the last election was unfair. It is as if we are being told that America's elections, no matter how badly they are run, are beyond reproach and beyond criticism. That means that those of you who reject the idea that a person should be able to go around and collect ballots from as many people as they want to collect them and then stuff them in an unguarded cardboard box and then have those ballots counted as legitimate even though there's been no chain of security, you're just supposed to shut up about that. Even though in the past, no less than Jimmy Carter, who was in hospice right now, and other Democrats back in previous decades warned that this thing that we are using now across the country, ballot harvesting and mail-in ballots were ripe for fraud. It is not just Republicans who look at the way that these elections are now organized and say, you know, these things are ripe for fraud and we don't trust them. In the past, members of the Democrat establishment warned us that these were illegitimate ways to conduct an election with trust of the American people as a barometer. But now you're supposed to shut up about all of that. If you have, as many people expressed, a disagreement with the way that electronic voting is going, if you don't understand the software involved, if you don't understand the high tech that is involved, and you complain about that, you risk, if you mention certain machines by name, you risk a lawsuit. Even though, I dare say none of us, unless you are highly specialized in the tech field as a coder, as one who understands political, who understands computer code, would be able to understand exactly what is taking place in that process. But you are not allowed to talk about it for fear you will be dragged into court or told or or worse yet indicted by a DOJ prosecutor there are people in this country who want to return to paper ballots and straight identification on one election day only for those reasons i am not one of those people by the way i happen to believe that we could use biometric technology, we have it at our disposal, and the blockchain to verify who's who and which votes comes in. It is not in developed system yet, but the technology is here, in place, and being used in other aspects of society to get rid of fraud and fraudulent activity. But it's not in place yet. But that's just, again, opinion. The very idea that those of you who reject that all of these shenanigans that we have seen over the years, voting stopped at a certain point in time and then resumed later in the morning and all of a sudden 
the direction and momentum shifts. These things people see with their own eyes. And the idea that you cannot talk about it or you cannot raise objections to it, even if you are the candidate that gets hurt by it, without being hit with an indictment and being arrested and with the potential now to be thrown in jail for voicing your opinion on an election is as anti-American as you can get. Yet that is what is happening before our very eyes. It happened last night, and these cases are not going away. This pile-on that the Democrats are now doing. Three arrests for Donald Trump. One more coming. And not just Donald Trump. For people that try to argue on behalf of Donald Trump, they are also facing charges. This is an egregious abuse of power. And it is taking place in broad daylight, America, USA. Again, our telephone number, 833-TODAY-969-4447. 833-969-4447. Yeah, CNC Music Factory. What a perfect one to go in with this. Things that make you go. Yeah, James Golden, a.k.a. Stoney with you here. On WABC, Zelma Davis, American singer from CNC Music Factory, celebrates birthday today, born in 1970. James Golden, Snurley, coming back. Your call's going to be part of the program, so don't go away. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYPD. The Rush Hour is on the air. Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. One, two, three, cuatro. Sam and the Sham and the Pharaohs on WABC. On 1987, this day, Dave Martin, the bass player here, who co-wrote this 1965 hit, passed away. And you all know this song. You can still groove to it, right? Yeah, baby, drive. Dave Martin and 
Sam and the Sham and the Pharaohs on WABC. Okay, the judge that is assigned to deal with this sham indictment, speaking about shams, is U.S. District Judge Tanya Chutkan. Chutkan. Now, who is the judge? Who is the judge? Who is the judge? The judge is an Obama appointee who has been notorious in making sure that anybody in front of her associated with January 6th got slammed. She has handed out tougher sentences than almost anyone else on the seven cases and 11 riot defendants behind this January 6th deal that have come for her. All 11 riot defendants who have come before her over January 6th have been sent to jail. But not only that. This woman has a link to Hunter Biden. To Hunter Biden's law firm. That in of itself should cause her to recuse herself from this case. But it's unclear if the first son and she ever interacted while she was associated with his law firm. And this was the law firm that he was using to court wealthy foreign figures in countries such as Romania and Ukraine when he was raking in the cash for the Biden family schemes. She ought to recuse herself immediately. We will see whether that will happen or not. Mike Pence, and you all know, if you're listeners to me, that I have refused to join the chorus of people denouncing Mike Pence after his role that January 6th day. I have always given Mike Pence the benefit of the doubt as being an honest man, that he had an honest disagreement with Donald Trump. And therefore, I wasn't going to try to rake him over the coals for following his conscience. He is a man of conscience. Mike Pence has been drawn into this case. His notes, and he kept notes, contemporaneous notes, that were happening during that day of January 6th. New York Times says the third indictment of Donald Trump has put Mike Pence at the center of an extraordinary moment in American politics. He is at once Mr. Trump's former vice president and his rival in the race for the Republican nomination. The indictment revealed that he took contemporaneous notes on the plot, as they put it. The New York Times says that Mr. Pence is the man whom the president berated as being too honest for his refusal to go along. Now, 
Mike Pence spoke today, and many of you people who do not like Mike Pence are going to be angered by what he said if you have not already heard it. He said anyone who puts himself over the Constitution should never be President of the United States, which was a direct, direct finger point at Donald Trump. This is as close, this is the most direct that Mike Pence has ever been in terms of saying now that he believes President Trump is guilty of putting himself over the Constitution. And for that, according to Mike Pence, Donald Trump should not be reelected President of the United States of America. One thing for sure, this is an extraordinary moment in American politics. The indictment means that an arraignment will follow. That arraignment is expected to be tomorrow, which means once again, Donald Trump will be arrested yet again. And there are others in this case that will also have to, by nature of this indictment, surrender themselves to our judicial system, having been arrested and charged. This is an extraordinary assault on the idea of free and fair elections in the United States. It is an extraordinary assault on your free speech as voters. It is an extraordinary political assault by the Democrat Party, which now wishes to not only make sure that Donald Trump is never in a position to become president again, but to also take out any opposition to the fraudulent, the potentially fraudulent way that Democrats run elections. This is extraordinary, and this is an extraordinarily dangerous moment in our country's history. James Golden Snurley, this is Bo Snurley's Rush Hour again. We do have some calls that we're going to get to if you want to participate in the show. 833-969-4447 is the number to call today. 833-969-4447. 4447, right? Yes, yes. On WABC. Peter Cetera, you recognize the voice from his years with the mega group Chicago. Nineteen eighty-six, Peter Cetera, number one on the charts. This was the theme from Karate Kid Two. 
the glory of love. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Nineteen seventy, the King. When no one else can understand me, Elvis Presley. When everything I do is wrong, was at the top of the UK charts with this one, "The Wonder of You." Ray Peterson originally recorded this song back in 59. 16th number one hit for Elvis Presley. Number one hit. On WABC Talk Radio 77. Now, one of the things I know, if you are walking around the streets of New York, and uh, this thing that happened here yesterday was scary, right? A 20-year-old man has now been hit with a slew of charges after crashing a stolen car into multiple vehicles, injuring 10 pedestrians. Police chase in midtown Manhattan. 20-year-old guy, Kyle Fernandez, now facing charges of reckless endangerment, possession of stolen property, operating a motor vehicle while on drugs, resisting arrest, and other charges. It ended when Good Samaritans tackled this guy as he was fleeing the scene, and they held him down until police could apprehend him. So that's a good thing. You you know, you New Yorkers who stood up, congratulations. And thank you. There's this idea that New Yorkers don't want to get involved. We've seen so many New Yorkers get involved. Now, of course, these days getting involved means you might have Alvin Bragg arresting you if you try to help people on the subways, but still good Samaritans are still acting in New York. Have you seen the video? Yes, I know, and we're going to get to your call shortly. This one astounds me. I must say, I mean, I'm not like astounded to the point like I can't believe it, but I am slightly astounded. Have you seen the videos of this 10-year-old girl Alexa Cardona. There was a parade. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman was in a parade. This was the 4th of July parade last month in Franklin Square, New York, right outside of Queens. This girl has a water balloon 
She looks like a lefty to me. I don't know whether she's a lefty or not, but she looks like a lefty. And she, from like 40 yards out, she throws better than President Obama did. Remember that little girl, that, that first pitch that he did that people said looked sort of, well, it wasn't like the most manly man pitch ever. But this 10-year-old had a manly man pitch, and she capped this guy in the back of his head. Direct shot with a water balloon. She's a fifth grader. Well, she's being celebrated now. The Yankees have invited her to the stadium. She's being celebrated, and, and the guy is there too. I mean, apparently no hard feelings. And he said he didn't want anybody to know how bad it stung. But she, what happened? Throwing things at politicians in parades, and no one is saying, you know, this isn't really good. She shouldn't be throwing things at politicians. Instead, instead, she's being rewarded. She's being praised because she delivered a direct shot to the back of the head with a water balloon. I don't get it. Now, let me just contrast this to you. Let me just offer you another contrast. And let's see whether you think she would have had the same thing happen. Suppose instead of a 4th of July parade that's celebrating America's birthday, suppose this happened at, let's say, oh, uh, a BLM or an LGBTQ pride parade. And suppose a 10-year-old child launches a water balloon at one of the participants and caps them in the back of the head. Do you think that this 10-year-old child would be receiving adulation? Or do you think that she'd probably be on her way to juvie hall for doing some kind of a hate crime? But, hey... I don't I don't get it. I don't get why this is just this is being wow, what an arm this kid has. Look at that direct shot. Oh, bring her to Yankee Stadium. Maybe the Yankees should sign her. Since when is it okay to launch a water balloon at a politician, hit the politician? And then you're celebrated. There are things which I don't understand. And may never understand. I'll tell you what, it is time to visit the telephone lines. And thank you for those of you that are waiting. Let us start with Robert in Brooklyn, New York. Robert, you're on WABC, Boston Early's Rush Hour. How are you? Hi, have a great afternoon. Um, well, I just want to emphasize a couple of points here. You have pointed out this judge, the unusual harshness of the sentences against the January 6th protesters. And not only that, it seems like she's giving harsher sentences to these protesters than even the prosecutors that asked for, which is extremely unusual. 
uh, Giuliani had pointed out before. Also, uh, Rudy Giuliani pointed out that this judge used terms like insurrection. So it's very possible, even if um, the special prosecutor doesn't amend the charges to include insurrection incitement, this judge is so extreme, she might try to get him for insurrection. And even if it's overturned on appeal, that could have irreparable damage that, you know, she, Trump wouldn't be able to run. I mean, so the thing is, I think, I'm not a lawyer, maybe there are attorneys out there who could explain, but in certain unique circumstances, you know, normally you have to appeal one step to the other. But in certain special circumstances, you could ask for help from the Supreme Court because there's going to be irreparable damage if this is allowed to continue. You have the First Amendment, the Sixth Amendment, you know, you can't get, a, you can't get counsel because they're like Giuliani, it's, you know, and so, um, and so, I mean, this is a very serious situation over here. You have to have a change of venue because this is, impo- you can't get, a, you know, impartial, you know, this is a kangaroo setting over here and the judge is like the worst of the worst. I would try to get this, uh, if I mean, it's possible to go immediately to your Supreme Court and if nothing else, it would be interesting to see what the U.S. Supreme Court, some of the justices, would say in a, in a decision. It would now, be a I, relief or let me weigh in on you. I understand your frustrations and I understand your ideas. I doubt very seriously that the Supreme Court would ever, ever fast-track this situation. Now, the Supreme Court may ultimately have to rule on some of these indictments if Trump is convicted and appeals and it works its way through the court. I'm not saying the Supreme Court will not at some stage be involved, but the Supreme Court is not going to short circuit justice on Donald Trump's behalf. Nor should they, by the way. This should be allowed to go through the judicial system. Now, you raise some other things. They are trying to rob Trump of effective counsel. Why, how are they doing that? They're making sure that they indict, quote-unquote, his co-conspirators, many of whom happen to be his lawyers. So in addition to the cost of defending yourself, if you have associated with Donald Trump, now the threat is that if you represent Trump and the DOJ wants to go after you, They can, and they will. So again, you raise a very, very valid point. As for the venue, another valid point. I hope that Donald Trump's attorneys are making that motion first. Change of venue. Get this out of the D.C. Circuit Courts. Get it out of this town and move this to a venue that at least the appearance of fairness would be present. Robert, you're an excellent caller. Thank you for your contributions this afternoon to Boston Early's Rush Hour. We're going to take a quick break. We're coming back. More of your calls and more news coming up. Don't go away. This is The Rush Hour with Boston Nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Jerome Smith, Casey and the Sunshine Band, met an unhappy ending. Crushed to death by a bulldozer that he was operating. 
not a fun way to go. But he's one of the ones in the band, Casey and the Sunshine Band, that left us with this. And we can still enjoy the music from KC and the Sunshine Band. Back when he was campaigning, our illustrious mayor, Mayor Adams said, if elected, you're going to see me on my bike all the time, riding to and from City Hall in a real way. That's what he said to reporters back on, in October of 2021. So here's the story, New York Post today. The city of New York is spending $157,000 on two gas-guzzling SUVs to escort Mayor Adams and other top officials. New York City has paid big bucks for two posh, gas-guzzling, Gus gas guzzling, gas guzzling new SUVs to escort. These are Lincoln Navigators with tricked out rims. One of them, the other, Chevy, a Chevy Suburban High Country, 420 horsepower. Those are the additions to the fleet. Those additions, almost a hundred and they're hundred and fifty seven thousand dollars. Not only that, they get horrible gas mileage. Now, these are the people, ladies and gentlemen, that tell you, you can't have plastic spoons, plastic straws, that you can't have napkins added to your outgoing delivery because, oh, no, no, you're contributing too much to climate change. These are the people that tell you you can't have a gas stove in your house because you're contributing too much to climate change. These are the people who tell you that your water heater is, is, is too expensive to operate because it contributes too much to global warming. But they, like Mayor Adams, can ride around in these massive SUVs that are tricked out, that have low gas mileage, so that the motorcade can look good, and so he can look good stepping out of it. After promising you when he was elected, oh no, you're going to see me on my bicycle. This is typical of liberal politicians, my friends. It's like John Kerry flying around the world in his private jet to tell you that you need to reduce your flying on commercial jets because you are contributing too much to climate change. Let's go to Joe in Long Island. Hi, Joe. Welcome. You're on WABC uh, Talk Radio 77. Thank you, James. All I know is today's my 65th birthday, my friend, and I cannot say that this is the country that I grew up in and pledged allegiance to the flag every day that I went to school. Did you ever think you'd see what's going on today? It no. 
horrific and so scary. And these liberal politicians and everyone that's piling on to President Trump, you know what? Where's his rights? It's disgusting. And then the lawyers that they can seize the lawyers' notes and documents. How could they do that? I mean, it's beyond comprehension, James. It's so sad. Rush Limbaugh, God bless him, he'd be spinning in his grave. My father that went from Normandy through the Battle of the Bulge and got his Purple Heart is spinning in his grave. And I'm here with my brother who was a history teacher. We saw Oppenheimer yesterday and saw the swamp back then in the movie. And then I saw the price of the, the sound of freedom, which was tremendous. I mean, things that have gone on and what's going on. And then you working over there by Grand Central where the Roosevelt Hotel is with all of those illegals. I mean, these politicians swore an oath to uphold our Constitution. Why aren't they all being dragged and put in jail? Because they certainly aren't doing what they swore an oath to. It's, it's, it's uncomprehensible, James. And now, also, Liber- mm-hmm. Wooly Bully, Wooly Bully was the name of Sam, Sam the Sham's cat in this song. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. How cool is that? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that. Okay, let me address some of the points you made very quickly. Rush and others and, and your dear father and my father who served in World War II and the Korean War, many of them would not, as you say, recognize what is happening today, although Rush did predict this. With what Democrats wanted to do to our election process, he predicted it, and his predictions are coming true. We have to do something, and that something is we cannot give in to this direct assault on the Constitution of the United States and of freedom. All of us did not serve to dampen your resolve to save this beautiful, incredible nation of ours. It should strengthen your resolve. This can not stand. We have to organize ourselves and participate in this next election process as defenders of freedom and liberty like never before. I got to go. James Golden, may God bless and protect each and every single one of you, your loved ones, your family. Love, gratitude for your being here today. God willing, here tomorrow for Boston Early's Rush Hour at 4. See you then. Bye.